welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. And this week, I am delighted to be joined by our fearless leader, All Action Sam McClary, who this week has been battling on despite the pain. Um, I do hope we can get an ah at home from the listeners uh, as you tell us all about your injury, Sam. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jess. I am a brave little little soldier and I've been battling on, managing to write despite having a foot the size of an elephant's foot. And actually now the same colour, quite grey. Um, so I took a I took a little tumble while mm-hmm. attempting to do some some hill, some running hill reps. I didn't even manage the first rep before I supermanned it down a hill right. and heard something go crunch in my ankle. So Ouch. I've been slightly grumpy. I can't really do anything. I'm very hobbly and people have been kind to me and I've probably been not so kind back. <laughs> uh, will you be sticking to the bike in future or, or will you be returning to hill running? I have to return, Jeff, because I signed up for a bunch of really stupid races. So I've got the spine race in January, the sprint, which is 47 mm. miles, and then an OM, original mountain marathon, in the Lake District in October, a 50K in Dorset, across through the Jurassic Coast in November, my birthday weekend. What am I doing? What an idiot. I do not know how you do it. I'm 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 happy with just an hour running around after a football. That's uh, that does it for me. Uh, but I, I suppose uh, that this injury setback has very sadly uh, ruled you out of the Commonwealth Games. It has, and because I was due to be there, participating in many a many a sports, and probably I probably would have brought home gold. Yes. Well, almost certainly. Uh, but uh, putting that aside, that disappointment to one side, uh, will you be, be glued to your screen when time allows over the, the next uh, week or so? Uh, definitely. I mean, it's a really exciting time, isn't it, for, mm. for sports? And I know this is a property podcast, but um, sport is a big regenerative tool, and I'm sure we'll get onto, onto that shortly. But it's really exciting time for for sport. What for me? We've got the um, women's tour, Avex Swift. At, at the moment, which I haven't seen enough of, but so great that um, there's now a women's tour that isn't just a tiny little bike race after the big men's tour. So yay. And I don't even like football, but I have been glued to the women's. Um, oh, they are absolutely brilliant. After after a so, lifetime of disappointment from the men, I am crossing all of my fingers that uh, the women are finally going to deliver me a major trophy in my lifetime later on today, later on this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, that that backheel goal in the semi-final is, I think, the greatest moment I've ever witnessed from anyone wearing an England shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. What pride we can have in those amazing women and this country. Yes, uh, and of course, the Commonwealth Games. And, and, and this week, You've been speaking uh, to Deborah Cadman, uh, Chief Exec of Birmingham City Council, who is naturally uh, hugely excited about the Games, uh, but quite rightly sees it as uh, only the, the start of a, of a new golden era for Birmingham. Absolutely. And um, uh, Deborah will be there um, catching as many sports as she can. Um, she told me that she's really looking forward to the netball. And of course, uh, readers of um, our lockdown diaries during the pandemic will know that Deborah Quite a bit of boxing too, so she's mm-hmm. hoping to go and see see that. But um, we were chatting, yeah, just to really 
um, sort of underscore how Birmingham has changed since it um, won the bid for the Commonwealth Games back in 2017. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's actually delivered them earlier than yep. originally um, anticipated. And they were telling me on budget as well, which is pretty, wow. pretty like impressive. <laughs> pretty considering, impressive. considering, you know, very little is on budget uh, <laughs> this year. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, London <laughs> learned some lessons from Birmingham. Um, but it's always wonderful um, uh, talking with Deborah. And there were three words that she um, talked about, um, which not only personify Deborah for anyone who, know, who knows her, but also she was using them to explain what Birmingham was now. And they were confident, fierce and, and bold. And I just love, love that. And you can you can really see and feel that in Birmingham at, at the mm-hmm. moment. And, and we did a story this week um, just looking at um, sort of how much investment has poured into to Birmingham since that um, win of the bid for the Commonwealth Games, how much development is going on. Uh, the sort of occupational activity there, you know, there's been loads and loads of news stories about the big names going to to Birmingham now. And, you know, Deborah was really, um, you know, really passionate about those big numbers, but she was also mm. talking about so many, you know, sort of other stats that show just how how bold, confident and fierce Birmingham is, yep. is now that, um, you know, it's a city that is opening its doors to investors but if those investors don't want to deliver what Birmingham wants to deliver and who will um, be just as passionate as it is about inclusive growth and fixing its um, unemployment issues and homelessness issues and the the inequalities that all of our cities have then you know they don't they don't want you for that they want Mm. you if you're in it for the long long term and and a true partner with them and it was just it's it's um, encouraging to have those conversations with city city leaders who are yeah. so passionate about their their cities and and the growth that can bring and the the role that the private investor private sector sorry plays in that. Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment about how it's ten years, unbelievably, since uh, 2012 and the, the Olympics in London, and you you only really have to sort of travel to that area of the capital to see you know what the legacy of a of a of a major event like an Olympics or a Commonwealth Games can be, and I guess uh, that that can really serve as an inspiration to Birmingham. And you'd have to wonder what uh, you know what they'll be celebrating uh, in ten years' time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know that Perry Bar is um, changed beyond recognition, isn't it? The you know all the all the work that's going on around Digbeth is it's a you know it's a city that still has you know that sort of ring road around it and a, a little bit of the sort of brutalist concreteness mm. to it but there is <laughs> there is green now there is pride in 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 the city and you know some really exciting looking developments mm. uh and uh the medals might be uh being handed out in birmingham uh this week but uh We've got some some other gongs that we've been very excited about uh, this week uh, that will be uh, being handed out later in the year uh, because uh, this year this week uh, we've unveiled uh, the nominees for this year's EG Awards, uh, which is coming up on the second of November. And, and how strong was the field this year? Um, Jess, it was encouragingly strong. A really um, big batch of um, entries coming in and. 
and more impressive to me than the the volume of entries that, that came in and, and a big thank you to all of our judges for going through all of those because that is not an easy task and it takes a long time but they were they were good <laughs> they were really good and particularly around you know some of the um awards that so we as eg um i guess would say are the, for, for me anyway i'll talk about me personally are the, the most important um awards so we had the biggest um number of entrants to our sustainability and social impact uh awards and and we often get that but you'd often get you know sort of half of those that you'd think mm, well they've just entered that because they want to enter sustainability mm. award whereas this time you could see that well actually any one of these could could win and i know that our our judges were really inspired by a lot of the the entries sort of um, t- taking some ideas from them as as well but found it really difficult to to shortlist so we've actually got um some quite long shortlists because it was it didn't feel you know we had to encourage and reward as many people as we could because there's some really good stuff mm. in in there and yeah I think it's going to be um I was going to say of course I know the winners but I've completely forgotten them and not that I'd say so anyone who wants to bribe me it, it ain't going to work um but it's going to be a a really fantastic night on the on the 2nd of November because there's you know there's a lot of a lot of people who will be mm. hoping to take home one of those better than a Commonwealth game gold yeah, um, award. It's an EG award. And yeah, similarly um, they've devoted their lives to to that moment. Yeah. Uh, in, At in least the same 10, manner as an hours. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. and so your leader this very, oh sorry, it's just gonna say so very, very, very excited about that and a huge congratulations to everyone who's been shortlisted. And um and I would say still a congratulations if you um made the effort to put an entry in because they mm-hmm. were all really, really good. And I apologize if you didn't make it to the to the short shortlist, but do come back next year. Absolutely. And uh your leader this week uh hints that you've already turned your mind to, you know, the most important decision about the EG Awards, which is of course uh your choice of footwear. So yeah. should any any major shoe brands that are listening, should they, should they get in touch with you and maybe sort of hit you up with pitches? Definitely. So I've um, I've asked our very wonderful head of events, Natalie um, Roberts, um, to make our awards as green as possible. So we're going to mm-hmm. start to measure all of our um, uh, I'll measure our carbon footprint for those awards. So I'm going to do what I can to make sure that my footwear is mm. as green. As possible too. So I, ha- I was looking at um, grass, <laughs> grass shoes. Thought that might, <laughs> might be quite fun. Couldn't really find anything that wasn't astroturf and looked horribly mm. uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, if anyone's got do, any do ideas people, out there, do people make shoes from bamboo. Is that a thing? Well, probably, probably. I'm, I'm wearing some sustainable clogs. shoes at the moment. <laughs> clogs. Clogs. Yeah. Are they sustainable? I guess they're sustainable. Maybe I could come in clogs. Who knows? If anyone's got any suggestions or links Absolutely. to do, please send them through. Yeah, and uh, I actually have something uh, to discuss with you this week. I, I get to do some talking. Uh, you for do. Because do you want me a, to ask you some questions? I mean, you, you certainly can. Um, yeah, it, um, go for it. Well, there, um, so there was a very, I can do it. There was a very important um, case this, there was. this week. And, and one right. that... Uh, that landlords would have been waiting for with oh, bated 
yeah. bated breath. Absolutely. Tell us about so, it. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, uh, it's a big uh, combined appeal in, in two of the, the sort of the most discussed um, cases of last year, which which both of which involved uh, claims from landlord sort of straightforward court claims for unpaid rent during the pandemic, which was pretty much the the only. Uh, means of recovery that was left available to them during the various moratoria and, and, and everything last year. But you could still just go to court and say, they haven't paid, I want my money. Uh, and in those uh, cases, which uh, involved, one of which involved various premises at a Bristol shopping centre, uh, and the other one uh, involved the Picture House Cinema uh, in the Trocadero Centre uh, in London. And uh, what the tenants raised by way of defence was was a claim that um, they were rendered unfit for use uh, by the government lockdown legislation during the pandemic. And uh, so they argued that they shouldn't have to pay rent during those periods. And, you know, looking at it purely from the tenant's perspective, you can you can see see their point. You can see why they tried it. Um, they sort of argued that um, rent shouldn't be payable if if their property is damaged. And what they were sort of putting forward was that 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 idea of damage uh, should be sort of interpreted broadly uh, to include financial or, or non-physical damage by sort of way of the lockdowns. But um, they lost uh, in the courts below uh, last year. And as you say, it's, you know, they, it's been appealed. It, it was heard um, earlier this year and it's uh, been sort of long awaited with a slight degree of nervousness that maybe the Court of Appeal might somehow uh, overturn those decisions and, and throw everything into chaos. But uh, the Court of Appeal has uh, dismissed the appeal and, and given the, the argument about damage uh, fairly short shrift. Um, so Sir Julian, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, a flow or flocks. I, I apologise, Sir Julian, if you are listening. Uh, but he, gave, he said uh, it cannot be said that the property, which is not a legal entity, has suffered financial or economic damage. Rather, it is the tenant which has suffered that damage. And so uh, the tenants are out of luck and the landlords are entitled to that rent. So basically what this means uh, is that unless permission to appeal is granted uh, to the Supreme Court, which I think is is believed is pretty unlikely, uh, it's, it's effectively the end of the road for uh, defences to, to court proceedings for, for unpaid uh, rent. And the interesting thing about that, of course, is that we are sort of approaching the end of the six month arbitration um, scheme window uh, for the, the scheme that the government set up to resolve outstanding lockdown debts. And this week we have a very timely piece uh, in the magazine and online written by Guy Featherston Hawke QC and Mark Sefton QC of Falcon Chambers, which uh, is one of the approved arbitration bodies um, explaining that any remaining tenants out there who, who do want to use the scheme to try and obtain rent relief um, from lockdown periods better pretty quickly because uh, the current deadline is 23rd of September. But as they point out, they do have to give their landlord 28 days notice before that. So we're looking at kind of being into the last month. Uh, you know, they've got to get their affairs in order well before the end of August. And the really interesting thing is that they point out that initially the government estimated that there were about 15,500 outstanding cases that were eligible for the scheme, of which it expected maybe 7,500 might go to arbitration. How many arbitrations do you think that Falcon Chambers, uh, one of the four arbitration bodies, has had so far? Oh. Turn it back on you, AC. 
Oh, this this isn't part of the quiz. I'm, don't worry. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Surely I just win the quiz, don't I? Um, surely. Oh, I'm trying to read how you've asked me that question. That is, should it? Should I answer with a tiny number or a really big number? <laughs> I'm going to go with a small one. I think mm -hmm. not many. I it think five. Many. My goodness, you are correct. They've had Am five. I? Five. Wow. That is incredible. You you were asked to pick. <laughs> A number at random and you've picked exactly the right one uh, and they've only published three awards and most of which have been uh, sort of involving uh, kind of subsidiary issues I think that you know the, the high profile one that the first one was was about the H Samuel group which which had an attempt to argue that it's it's offices it's 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 HQ should um, benefit from the same kind of uh, reliefs that potentially might be able to its stores and, and that was that was rejected but um, uh, beyond that uh, RICS has a similar number of cases, and it is believed that of the other four bodies uh, that that are sort of eligible to, to to do these arbitrations, they they only have two between them. So, out of all the possible places you can go, that's a total of twelve arbitrations uh, with one month to go. Do you think that's because um, the tenants have realised that actually they got quite a lot of help? during lockdown and at no point did a landlord who still has a quote unquote rent to pay in terms of their charges on their their mm. loans very few landlords have you know have bought properties out outright with their their cash you know they didn't get any holidays mm. um so do you think there's a bit of a oh shit we realized we were taking piss a little bit so and I think things are okay now, so well they're not okay, but, but you know. Yeah, I think that that might well be the case, and I, I know um, I spoke to one of the arbitrators a few weeks ago, Gaynor Warren Wright, um, and she she told me that, that where the scheme had had an impact is that it had forced uh, landlords who hadn't landlords and tenants who hadn't previously entered a discussion, and, and obviously we we know that a lot of them did, a lot of them resolved. Uh, their issues amicably, and but uh, this this scheme had uh, had sort of prompted discussion where discussion uh, didn't previously exist. So in that respect, she thought it had been a good enabling piece of legislation, and it, and it was working to, to help resolve uh, the remaining disputes, but maybe not in the way that the government uh, foresaw it would it would work. And I guess it's, it's it's a bit harder to quantify the success of the scheme in encouraging people to not use the scheme, if you know what I mean. Um, and you know, it is also does make you wonder, kind of how much the government spent on coming up with the scheme uh, and implementing the scheme. If you know, we've got only twelve cases, uh, uh, one month left, and it's summer, and a lot of lawyers will be on holiday. So, um, do you think a lot of lawyers are crying into their um, Bollingers as well? I'm thinking there's seven and a half thousand lost fees. Uh, I, don't I don't know why I said so. Bollinger. <laughs> Just uh, I, to be honest, most lawyers I speak to at the minute are ridiculously busy. Uh, so I think I think the Bollinger uh, is is flowing freely when time allows. <laughs> OK, right. Uh, do you fancy a very quick uh, one person quiz? Do you fancy your, your, having your metal tested with a, a little quiz for the remaining uh, week's news? I'll just this is just, just personal pride at stake. Personal pride and. I'm, I'm going to jinx it here by saying I might do better because um, Tim has been uh, away this week and is on on holiday next week as well. So I've actually had to um, do a bit more 
um, of the actual you've actually, you've actually, you've actually had to read read the magazine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I do read the magazine. But, um, uh, yeah. yeah, you've had, had to read it even more assiduously than usual. So yeah. I, I've, I have every confidence you'll do well. OK. I have none. <laughs> Question one. Which financier has entered the student housing market to the tune of a £400 million joint venture with Crown Student Living? I wrote, uh, I um, edited this and I put the word financier in front of their name and now I can't even remember their name. Um, so, can, uh, can you give me just, a clue, the letter? Uh, no, I'll, I'll give you a clue just in case it, it brings, to, it, you're, you're similar to me. So what this brings to mind to me is is the face man from the A team? Do you remember? Do you remember the you remember the face from the A team? Face, yeah. Yeah. So what what do you know what what car he drove? No, of course I don't. Uh, oh I, yes, I do. Corvette. Corvette. <laughs> Corvette. There you Capital. go. That's Thank right. You. There you go. Corvette Capital. I had I had a little dinky toy of faces. Uh, Corvette when I was a small child. So that it, it's in, it's inevitably where my mind goes. Uh, Question two. A vacant plot next to which Camden landmark is set for a mixed use redevelopment? That is next to the Round House. It is the Round House Theatre. The site uh, has been purchased by Regal London. Brilliant. Two out of two. Question three. Who has been appointed to the Crown Estates board this week? Ah, that is Anne Kavanagh. It is. Who, uh, who was also very recently... Um, Pointed to run Telford Telford Homes. Really interesting appointment. Mm, yeah, it's uh, a good a good time to be. And people are clearly in, people are clearly interested in Anne Kavanagh as well because it's one of our most read stories of the week. Ah, well, I very much. I mean, I, I very much hope she's listening to hear that because that will that will round off a wonderful week. Uh, question four: Moorfield and blank in one hundred million storage JV. And you fill in the blank, Moorfield and blank. I can because it is almost cycling related. So therefore, I know the word. It is Peloton. It is Peloton. I can't imagine you have time in your life for Peloton when you, you're, you're busy doing the real thing. Uh, do you know what? We um, Peloton are one of our uh, partners on some of the, the tech awards. And I they, they were at the tech awards. And I had to go up to them and apologise and say, I'm sorry, lads, but... um. I'm a Zwift girl, not a Peloton. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, they were OK about it. It's all right. There's okay, room, nice. There's room for And finally, for a clean sweep, and I'm pretty confident in you in this one, uh, because the, the diary question this week is actually uh, an afraid to ask question, because uh, we, have, we feature have our afraid to ask feature this week um, all about uh, giving people a rundown of the real estate credentials or lack thereof, of Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. But what is Truss calling her new and improved version of Sunak's big idea, Freeports? They are fat free. Full fat. Full fat. <laughs> That's right. You rescued it at the full end. Fat. They're Sorry. full fat Did... Freeports. Well done. Yeah. I'm not Look sure. Interesting. Interesting. Yay me for winning against myself. Um, we were having a conversation here in the EG podcast studio today about freeports, and much of the debate was nobody really knows what they actually are. Um, and I wonder if our um, great MPs of this world 
actually know what they really are as well. And we were also talking about all, all, all very well and good, you know, the um, tax incentives, that sort of stuff. But the the big hurdle, the big hurdle for everything, every type of progress that we want to make is always planning. So actually, mm. should those reports be more than just tax incentives, but a, um, a, a shift to the planning process as well? So it enables more more development mm. within yeah, well. I, I, I definitely think that's part of what she has planned as in her full fact reports. So we shall see. Uh, thank you very much, Sam. Well done. Five out of five. Amazing. Um, How am I doing on a par with Pui? Because it's um, she's usually the the winner at these, and I we certainly to show up set a, a reputation early on as 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 the the, the EGLSM quiz powerhouse, but. I, I, I think it's been a little while since since we've had a perfect score, score from Pui. So maybe next week, maybe maybe she'll ri rise to the challenge. Uh, so we're, yeah, you know, we're, I, yeah, we're calling you out now, Pui. <laughs> uh, brilliant. So when 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 do you think uh, you'll be back running? What's the what's the estimate? I don't know. Um, I think I'm a good couple of weeks away. It's still pretty pretty painful, but I'm going to get on my bike this yeah. weekend. Get on the bike. I can do that. But otherwise, rest up, build some Lego. What's next? Build some Lego. Uh, so I've nearly finished the DeLorean now that my stickers mm. have arrived. <laughs> and I don't know what's next. I'm quite tempted, Jess, to go down the free form um, route and just buy a bucket and see if I can, maybe I can design something. Could you, something. could you? Could you could you build a replica of EG Towers? And if you, if you can build a replica of EG Towers, I will feature it on the diary page. Would we want to build a replica of EG Towers? <laughs> Sorry, Brookfield. Uh, on that bombshell. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Sam. Uh, speak to you soon. And uh, to everyone at home, you have been listening to EG like Sunday morning. Shall I do it? Absolutely. It's been a while. It's been too long. Because we're EG. <laughs> EG like Sunday morning. Go Lionesses.